Hello and welcome to Tabletop Treasures, your podcast for everything tabletop. We talk about stories, we come up with ideas, talk about all things going on in the tabletop community. This week we're going to go and talk about the Witcher TTRPG. So uh, this is our second episode and uh, if you haven't heard the first episode we came up with a uh, kind of a playable race class that you could do and a uh, place that you could uh, live in or come from or just explore in a town. So the section we're doing today, we're going to talk about a TTRPG that either myself or Ryan have played and we will uh, sort of talk about the pros and cons, whether we want to play it more uh, and so on. Uh, I myself have played this. I DM'd it or GM'd it a while back so we'll uh, get into that so the witcher uh, i think they call it a trpg the witcher pen and paper rpg is what they're calling it uh it's by published by talzarian games uh you are a well you are anything that you want to be in the third nil guardian war uh with Geralt of rivia the white wolf scales the continent to trace for his lost love so um basically where lots of the lore takes place that you were, or lots of the mediums that you'd take place. So, what, uh, what, what did I like about this? I, I really enjoy The Witcher, and I think it is such a wonderful place that you could have this type of thing. So, what, what I miss in other games it, or other TRPGs, TTRPGs, is there's not, it's not as punishing. Like, if someone makes a mistake, it's not, brutal whereas in this one it's uh you could lose a fight pretty easily and there's so many mechanics for maiming and things like that that really come into it so yeah ryan i'm gonna sort of throw to you about and maybe ask me questions about it and we'll we'll sort of go through that sure sure all right so so i have next to no knowledge of this game um I have a reasonable knowledge of the series. Um, I'm I'm curious. Um, what is the dynamic? Let's say you have a, a Witcher in the party. That's sort of the the titular class in this in this uh, beautiful fantasy series. Um, what does it mean to to not be playing a Witcher? Are you stuck? I guess I wonder about things like this. Are you stuck as a side character if you're not playing the Witcher? Kinda. Is the Witcher going to be the main character? Kinda. So there are oh. <laughs> there are nine classes. There are bards, craftsmen, criminals, doctors, mages, men at arms, merchant, priests, and witches. From the way that we played the game, and I tried to throw a lot of non-combat stuff in in there. But if you have a Witcher, the Witcher wants to go kill monsters. That's how their character works. That's they don't want to go to the noble balls and stuff. And when they do, like, especially if someone's role playing, they're just going to be like, "Ah, oh, I'm angry at ball." So, just like, just like real witches, yeah, just like real witches. And that, that's that's how you want to play them. That's how they're designed to be. Um, from my memory, we had a mage, we had a merchant, we had a craftsman who was a uh, weaponsmith, I believe, uh, and a witcher. Now. Right. You can imagine that the merchant and the craftsman, when they went off questing, 
did absolutely nothing. Uh, I think the craftsman uh, repaired weapons and repaired things in between fights. Uh, but the merchant was just like, they, they sort of tried. I think they like got a knife out and did some stuff. But like, that's just not what they're designed to do. It's really hard in this game, I think, to, without breaking the idea of your character, try and be involved in everything, which is kind of a downside. Like I, right. I loved everything everyone came up with, but because they're all trying to play together, you don't want to be like, well, the Witcher wants to go do a quest and you're going to sit out for this session. Like you don't want to do that. No, absolutely. So the not. witch is taking along a merchant and a craftsman. Um, the mage, the mage and the witcher go well together uh, for this type of stuff. So, because they they can both do cool shit in combat. Uh, then when it comes to like the merchant and the mage, will go to noble affairs and they will uh, do stuff and they will thrive in that because they can be fancy and all that stuff. So that that right. that's where yeah I I think if you're not playing a mage a witcher or maybe a bard which are like the things that come up in the series right. you are kind See, of that's playing really interesting. Character. and I guess I hoped your answer would be no that's not the case because I think I think there could be a really fun TTRPG where support characters don't have to participate in combat but are just as important but it's, it doesn't sound like this does that if you were playing with like an actual play with some actors and they like acted the hell out of it, you could do right. it. Right. But for an everyday game at, you know, your friend's house, I think it's going to leave a few people feeling left out. Right. Unless, unless they come up with a thing at the start. Like if everyone goes a side character. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It could probably and then maybe you have the witcher as this mythic figure who shows up rarely. Yeah. The way so, they should be. Yeah. So if you, if you play it like that, there's probably something in there. Okay. Um, the problem is, I think maybe like seven out of ten tables, someone's going to want to be the Witcher. Oh, well, of course you are. Of course. Um, why would you? If and and is you know, as the GM, you can be like, "Oh, well, that's not where we're taking this campaign." Or if you are, if you if you're doing an adventure campaign, maybe it's like, "All right, we we need uh, a man at arms, a mage, a bard, and a Witcher," and we're sure. not having the other character. So I think that's where this like pre pre-made setting of the of the party talked about with the players and the GM between you all, I think is where you really need to take this to get the most out of it. Um I think I think that's where you need to go. Okay. That's interesting. It strikes me, and this is a deep cut. <laughs> it strikes me as very similar to um I don't know if you ever played it, but maybe the first Star Wars MMO, Star Wars Galaxies, um, in the original incarnation of that game, you could not be a Jedi, which I which I thought was very interesting. Um, and eventually, it, it was possible to become one after like hundreds of hours of gameplay and work. But I uh, loved it, that it, game. it it wasn't a base class; it wasn't something you could pick right off the bat. I believe and you I, could I, be a Force sensitive, and then later, like. Again, hundreds of hours in, you could. It was, yeah, a very involved quest to become that. So I don't know if maybe something like that could have been used in this scenario. Um, I think if you don't include The Witcher, I think you lose a lot of your sales. Like well, from a, why, why are you playing a Witcher game then, yeah? Yeah. 
Like, why are you not just doing any other TTRPG? I guess the, the world is pretty cool. Yeah. So th- there is all of that. Yeah, I think you're right that it would maybe appeal to a very, very specific niche to be able to run a full support character party. Yeah, exactly. So what I will say about this, though, is they, like, it is very detailed. Like, each class functions very differently and, like, has a cool level system. Yeah, and which is fantastic. And as a player, you sort of get to become, like, I know as a, as a GM you got to sort of know all the rules, which actually makes this harder on the GM a lot. But for a player, you can like really dive deep on like how your rules and stuff work and you can take moments to shine in the different aspects of your character. Um, then also in the book, they've got like all the monsters and stuff of the Witcher world, which some are pretty unique and like they're, they're cool to do as a GM. Um, they give you, and I know other games do have cool stuff and they do get pretty detailed, but I, I really like the diversity of how a lot of these things worked and how, especially as like when the Witcher or Mage would play, they had like specific things to deal with these creatures in different ways. Um, I thought all of that was pretty well thought out. So I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. All right, so there is quite a lot of depth to the other classes then. It's not as there's if they're so lacking much in depth. content. It's, it's just actually the gameplay. If I was to do this again, I would do it with people that are experienced uh, tabletopers. Um, right. We played with some people who weren't, like, I, I don't even think they had done D&D before. We went straight into this. was not the game to go straight into. No, right. But very good game. Yeah, okay. Well, that that's a really interesting sort of, I guess, dichotomy. That all the, all the content's there. It's just not necessarily accessible in a way exactly. that makes sense immediately. All right. How would you how would you fix it if you could change something about it to make this work? Would you just play with different players? Or is there something we could do to restructure the game to make it work better? Uh, you definitely could play with other players. Um, I think the game needs to suggest inside of it like what what are good party synergies? I think that would really help, like doing it that way. Right. I don't know, and this isn't a fault of the game. I think this is just a fault of how we expect to play these types of games. Like, how do you, how do you be the hero when you've got a supporting cast and you want to keep all them included? It's like when you watch those. I think it can only be done by like actors and stuff, or really experienced tabletoppers. Um, because everyone wants to be in the spotlight, but you got to learn when to give others the spotlight. And if you know how, if you have that skill with tabletop, then I think this game might be for you because you right. can do that a lot. Well, that is a big positive then. That, that player having an opportunity to do that. I mean, it, it can be quite satisfying to do that, to throw that to someone else if you're good at that. So maybe this is a good system for them. No, it definitely could be. Um, the other, the other thing I, I did like is we had like two player deaths pretty early. The The system right. of like injury is very detailed. It's just like, all right, you get – essentially, if you get hit, you will take an injury. Yeah. 
sort of thing. And if you have an injury, your max health is lowered, uh, if I remember right. Um, yeah, they, they describe it on their thing as a visceral combat system. Okay, yeah, sounds very gritty, which a lot of people are looking for, actually. Exactly. Um, that That's sort of what drew me to it as well. Like, it's a very punishing world. Makes for some really good, good storytelling. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, I, I think that's what, what we want out of this. Definitely. So um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else around it that I would change. And I don't, I don't think there is like everything that's there is really well designed. Um, I think that the, cause when I first saw it, I saw an actual play of it and like they acted the hell out of it sort of thing. Right. And that, that makes you fall in love with it. And then playing, it's just a different experience. Yeah, as is always the case when people are introduced to some of these things via, uh, you know, some of the best actors in the in yeah. the sphere putting on their best performances. So that that that's where I think I'll leave that. Um, there is an yeah. expansion to it that adds a noble class. I don't think that helps anything. No, well, that sort of doubles <laughs> down, doesn't it? But that's yeah. interesting. The that's noble what the designers class, want. Yeah, the noble class to me sounds like the mage with less fun. <laughs> a non-magic mage. So that's yeah. I think I think we've uh, explored that pretty pretty good. Um, yeah. I hope I haven't talked anyone out to trying this out. It is. I really did enjoy playing it. Uh, you do need the right group to play it with, I think. So if you find that group, yeah, uh, hats off to you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're discouraging people from from the vibe I'm getting. I think there's a very specific person out there who's going to realise this game is for them because of conversations like this. And uh, let's track to a break. Yep. All right. Break time. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Uh, I hope you had a good time with the Witcher TRPG, pen and paper RPG, as they call it. So, what we're going to go into next, we're going to make another hero, like we did in episode one. So, uh, Ryan, take us off with what you think you're going to come up with. I have I have two things for you. Ooh. I have a race and I have a motivation. Yep. Um, and this is a motivation I think can sort of either be immediately introduced with the character's introduction or maybe it's something you could unfurl a little bit over time. What I have for you is the fairy race, introduced quite recently into 5e and I think playable in a few other TTRPGs as well, um, and something I really want to play with a little bit. I think you you meet a fairy, whether this is session one, whether this is a new character dropping into the campaign, you're in a tavern, you meet a fairy. What you eventually find out about this fairy's backstory is that her whole family have been crushed into dust to be used as a popular aphrodisiac, and she no. is on the path of vengeance. So immediately we see what should be a cute little fey creature with just the, uh, the the most fiery, the most passionate path quest for vengeance that any adventure adventurer could possibly have. I really love that already. So we have a mo- yeah we have this really cool dark motivation we we lean into the dark here apparently um i mean like every hero you don't become a hero if everything's fucking going perfect so no. 
I think that's fine. Crushed into dust. That is that is brutal. I, if I was making this character, now I was going like real petty with the vengeance. I'd like make their goal to crush the people that crushed my family into dust as well. Oh, absolutely. Or like no, the 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 head of the family like crush all their ch- their children of their their capitalist oh. uh, bit fairy crushing business. Yeah, da- bringing down the entire family business in the most brutal way possible. I think this is a good opportunity for a character to struggle with the um, the old trope of being better than the villain, where the villain says, "If you kill me, you'll be just like me." I think this is a character who would be like, "Nah, I'm going to do it." <laughs> No, I can do it and I'll just go be a fairy again. <laughs> yeah, because you're evil actually, so if I killed you it would be a good thing. Exactly. So I think my knowledge of fairies is they're a bit trickstery and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to see I would play this as like a rogue fairy type of like one hundred percent. Using their size to do some horrendous shit to this person's business. <laughs> you, you, sneaking, sneaking into places is the most obvious uh, use of the small size and the tiny ability. So what I, what I would love as well, though, like imagine like a spellcaster fairy and the fairy's just like, I'm tiny, I'm going to sit in this corner and now I cast fireball in a room. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you have that roguish spellcaster sort of vibe where they're sneaking around, they're popping off spells here and there. Oh no, an Eldritch Blast. Um, what I think that really works with is you have that mechanical side where you have that duality. And then you can do that with the roleplay as well because if they're roguish mechanically, they might also be roguish in personality. They might put on the air of fairiness for lack of a better term they might pretend to be sweet and innocent and cute little forest creature to get where they need to go to get into places to be inconspicuous and that that sort of fiery dangerous side only comes out in secret okay that's pretty cool i I like yeah so they oh it's almost like a temper sort of thing oh yeah and like i guess you would have for how you would play this or or maybe not how you play it. Maybe you go a completely different way, but playing this fairy, you would go with like doing, doing normal day things with like anything that kind of like slides them off. They not, not in their face. Like they're not going to like be this big fuck because they're a tiny fairy. They're going <laughs> to, they're going to like mark you in their, their death note essentially and fuck with you later. Yeah, once you've crossed this ferry, you, you're fucked, whether you know it or not. I and that can be something. You, they might not murder you, right, for a simple inconvenience. But like every drink, I you think have they would the do anything but murder be. people. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, no, that's that's too easy. You're gonna have a horrible life instead. <laughs> yeah, uh, sprinkling everything they eat and drink with some sort of disgusting powder that makes it taste awful for for the next week of their life, just to make them suffer. Oh, that's really good. And like, I I would imagine like there's there's a level like if you like slightly annoy them, maybe they just go in your house and everything 
all the paintings are upside down. But if you like <laughs> really wrong this fairy, like they they would like set some sort of trap that like maybe one of your kids falls into, or like you've got elderly parents and they get turned to stone or like so, something ridiculous oh, like that. Well, fairies traditionally have a very uh, chaotic relationship with children. Um, oh, I yeah. Think, <laughs> I think that absolutely makes sense. I think uh, this sort of weird vengeance spirit that this character is becoming very quickly, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I can see where this is going very quickly. So, all right, well, let's come up with a name. The only name I really know for a fairy is Tinkerbell, and I hate that name. What? What kind of names do fairies actually normally have? Okay, so this is where I start to get a little bit, uh, (laughs) maybe, I don't know if pretentious is the word. Um, Something I'm really fond of is giving them sort of Irish or Gallic names. Um, I think just speaking to the traditional roots. And then you also have that, if you're, uh, look, it sounds like if you're playing this character, you're going to be an annoying player. Um, Oh, yeah. And and you're going to have names that, are not spelt how they sound at all. And every single other player on that table is going to be extremely frustrated attempting to uh, pronounce your character's name. Oh, I love that so much. And Nothing like, against you, the you, Irish names. I love them. You role play it so it's like like Neve or Carve or something. Yeah, like, yeah the, I know the those Rasheen's names. I, and I the, still don't know. No, Rasheen, like is the, the most straightforward one. Neve is spelt with like a CH or something like something. And like, it's a really lovely name, but like every time I've seen it, like I see it now and I'm like, I know that's Neve, but yeah, it's practice. It's practice. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Um, I would love to role play getting annoyed at that all the time. It'd just be really funny. I think you could have a very fun dynamic with the paladin as well. Who is trying to stop you from setting things on fire. I don't know. I don't, you don't set things on fire. Like this isn't uh, a fire magic user. This is a minor illusion magic user. Uh, a paladin who's getting very frustrated with your minor illusions. Yeah, I I could just see like someone gets their their coin bag out and they can't see any of their coin. They're like, I had coins in here, and they're still there, but you can't see them. <laughs> I, and the, like the, you're, you're at the that prank is. Ah, oh, minor she illusion. She doesn't actually take your money. Minor it's illusion perfect. is my favorite spell. I, you can I get a lot of mileage. Yeah, I think a little creativity goes a long way with that spell. Unlike most other spells in TTRPG, I think. I think, um, because if you can fool someone with it, you can make like a guard behind its lieutenant or whatever say some horrendous shit because you can make it create sound as well in 5e and like you can just cause havoc with it and it's like a cantrip it's way if you are creative it is way too powerful for a cantrip yeah oh absolutely i imagine that's exactly what like a like a fairy rogue spellcaster would be doing like they would be going around just ruining people's lives 100 it would be built entirely around that spell so i yeah i like that a lot all right so what kind of na- name do we want i, I actually i kind of like neve for it like neve the but you, you, you sort of need like a title name as well it's like first name title it's like how i imagine a fairy name would go yeah yeah 
I, I look for title. I'm thinking the relentless. Neither because oh. it's because it's such a it's such a like a barbaric. You would you would expect a barbarian to have that sort of name, and then it's you hear the name. Oh, yeah, we could we could do Neve, we could do Sersha, we could do Ava. I think it plays to that idea if you don't expect the character to be like that. I like the relentless, like because once you know it's not it's not a physical thing, it's a fuck with your mind thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. You hear you hear about Ashling the relentless, and you think, "Oh my god, what am I going to be dealing with?" And I like who ah, foot who pixie walks. The in. Irish name, yeah, the Irish name's really working for me with this uh, this character, like Ashling the relentless. That is that is just like that is a character I want to play. I think that'd be really Perfect. fun. Perfect. I think that's it. You can if you want to if you want to be even more annoying, you can pair it with a really bad Irish accent. I. Don't do it now, please. Don't do it now. I'm not going we'll to lose now. the entire viewership in episode two. <laughs> I, because I, I'm not not a trained voice actor. Like I always. What do you like, mean? How can you DM without being a trained voice actor? I think it's easier to be a, a GM and voice act than, because like you do have to remember characters' voices, but you don't have to like fully go into them for like a whole session. I think it's hard to keep up one trait for like many sessions going on. So if you get if you get bored of it, you're just like, well, I'm stuck with this unless I throw my character off a cliff. One hundred percent. Oh, especially if it's a player character, absolutely. So like with the GM, you're like, I'm I'm, I'm sick of this guy with his like, I'm dark evil, and. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh well, the players killed him. I don't have to do that again. <laughs> like, I think was, I think it's a oh, bit easier. I dug myself into that hole. I tried I tried my hand at uh, Eastern European one time, and the, oh. the the minute that character died, I said, "Thank God, <laughs> never again." All of my characters just speak my voice now. Yeah, I I definitely put voices on, but like I do it knowing that like I can throw this away at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, you get your I, one like, little phrase you know who you're talking to like the players can be like oh we love we love little jack and his cute little accent we're gonna keep him around and then a meteor falls out of the sky and kills him <laughs> like no oh, no so that that is where i'm at with voices i i definitely enjoy doing it i don't know if i could do it as a player character no i definitely couldn't um absolutely not no all right well um we've got I want to stick with Ashling the Relentless. I think that's amazing. I, I think we got that. Um, yeah. We're not going to do it yet, but maybe if people want it, like hit us up on Twitter or on our website. And if you would like small character descriptions that we come up with these in the show notes afterwards, we can probably put them in. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. If, if people ask for it, that'd be great. So, all right. Uh, take us out, Ryan. Right. Thank you so much for for listening to episode two. Uh, what a fun adventure that was. Um, Ryan, where can people see us or uh, hear more about us? Um, you can find us everywhere. You can find podcasts. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us on Twitter at uh, TTRPG Treasures. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, see you next time. Go and get that treasure. <laughs>